Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. I'm Monica, and I'm your host. Tonight is August 9th, 2011. Safe Recovery is a show designed to address and expose predatory behavior in any kind of 12-step group or meeting with people with substance abuse problems, alcohol, dependency, addiction. We discuss new approaches to the problems in the rooms and the culture, including the literature, the traditions, and the structure. Does it work or not? Empowerment, not powerless, is our slogan here at Safe Recovery. Um, We discuss and explore alternatives to AA, and we want to support men and women who have written books on recovery from alcohol, dependency, or drug addiction. You can always contact me at um, info at mysaferecovery.com. So tonight, we are going to talk about why I left AA and why you left AA. And why would anybody leave Alcoholics Anonymous, um, being that it gets so much big PR and push, this one's done that, and this one's joined AA, and how great AA is. And I once thought AA was great myself. But I would like people to call in tonight, if you would, and you want to, 818-475-9211. We could probably get 10 or 12 people. If everybody, you know, called in and um, just kind of shared for a little bit and tell us your story and welcome everybody there out in the chat room. Hi there. Uh, 818-475-9211. So we'll start with why did I leave Alcoholics Anonymous? I left Alcoholics Anonymous because I was trying to raise awareness and not even. I mean, the awareness was raised that there were predators and 13-steppers galore in Alcoholics Anonymous in the year 2010 in the United States of America. But when I went to try to do it um, the right way, which was at my group level, my group really was all for it, and we created the literature Make A Safer. But when I wanted to go to the district level, the area level, and the New York General Service level, we were right, really completely shut down, and at that same time as I began to do that work, I began to go to a lot of other meetings where I began to see that there was an element there that I hadn't seen because maybe for the last six years I attended mostly a women's meeting that was a really nice meeting, and I didn't, I wasn't going to big uh, mixed meetings until I met Callie or until I took my family member to a meeting and was actually horrified by the things that I saw. And so um, I have a lot of literature out here. We have somebody in the queue, and I could go on and on about this literature and why I've left. But we have some people, and I'm going to see if they want to tell us. So I'm going to go first to this caller here. Hi, caller. Can I have your name? You're live. Hello? Hello? You don't want to talk. Maybe you don't want to talk. You're muted. Okay. So that person is uh, calling in, but I'm going to... Another caller went away. All right. So I have a caller here. I'm going to try it once more. Caller, you're live. Hello? Hello, you're on live. I guess I don't want to talk. Okay, so what happened basically is uh, I went and I saw these meetings and I thought they were like really scary. And 
So we wrote literature and we were going to have a workshop. And basically what happened was um, from the workshop, people started calling, I mean, coming up to me and telling me that uh, they were raped by men in Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, the number to call in is 818-475-9211. So if you want to talk to me and tell me why you left, I'd love to hear from you. And that number is 818-475-9211. Or if you want to just, you know, talk about why somebody might leave as well. So we have a caller on the line. And let's see if this caller wants to talk to us. Caller, you're live. Would you like to uh, chime in here? Hello, Monica. How you doing? Hi there. How you doing, Kevin? Uh, what's going on? Uh, what have I missed? I just know I missed the very beginning of your show. Well, tonight's topic is why I left AA, and uh, uh, why you could why why you could tell them why I left, <laughs> or why would somebody leave? Well, That's, you know, I can under, I can understand why somebody would want to leave, definitely, uh, especially uh, seeing what you and I have uh, witnessed in the past year or two. You know. Uh-huh. Um, it's just, uh, and the more, the more I discuss it uh, with you, and more I listen to your show, uh, you know, more evidence it really is. I, I just, um, this, at this moment, I'm, at, you know, I'm still, I'm, I, how would you say, I'm still in the exiting phase of leaving the program, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, because I still have some very good friends that are uh, there, you know, right. that I, I, I'm. I'm made some really nice ties with, you know, some really good buddies that used to hang out and do some fellowship with, which is another thing that I've seen diminish over the years, that you really don't see that much fellowship anymore mm-hmm. uh, from program. You know, I, I remember all the time coming in that there was always folks going to dinner to me, you know, after meeting, and, uh, or, you know, there's always usually an AA dance or something like that. I don't know. It seems to have, you know, meetings not only have gotten smaller, but the fellowship is just... Uh, seem to have diminished as well. So this is definitely one of the things I've noticed that is not very attracting uh, to me, you know. Right. So what, would, what would you say over the last, you know, probably year, right, but the last couple of years, what events happened that were really hard for you to, uh, you know, to deal with that you know have happened that would well, make I you want to leave AA? Well, the, the financial thing, you know, I've, I've seen these guys who, you know, are, who are, I don't know if you want to say self-proclaimed spiritual gurus, but they, you know, they're, it's obvious that they know that, uh, you know, they have a reputation for being like the spiritual go-to guy, you know, right. uh, and, uh, they, and one of these people have made that very obvious to me, trust me on this one, and right. I've seen the, the financial, uh, you know, the, fi- the financial, you know, disadvantage of, of newcomers or even oldcomers that go to these rooms that have been taken advantage, you know, you know, through their pocket, you know, uh, sponsoring, sponsoring programs, uh, being producers of new films, stuff like that, through another mm-hmm. AA member that they've met, uh, being taken advantage of basically financially and of course sexually, uh, but I've just seen, you know, guys lose a lot of money and been told that they've been paid back, will be paid back, and of course it hasn't happened. And that's almost that's almost a common thing, unfortunately, in program too. And wow. that's one thing that that's one thing right. that's uh, kind of set me back. But you know, the the the, the murders, the rapes, the uh, the date rapes, the you know, the, the guys who come in, you know, that you know carry guns to the meeting, and mm-hmm. uh, it's become it's become. And you know, I'm a big guy. You know, I'm over three hundred yeah. pounds. I'm six feet. I you know. I've been known to handle myself in scuffles, but you know I don't carry I don't carry peace. And there these you know, there are folks that carry pieces to these meetings because they're scared shitless, they're scared to death. And uh, you know, and wow. you may be sitting next to some people. Say, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a known fact. That's just a mm-hmm. fact. Uh, whether it's a men's stag thing in the sphere, I don't know what it is, but you know, it's yeah, I, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen, and I know it happens. This is not made up. And, uh, you know, it's just become, maybe it's always been a scarier place, and I've just got a little clearer. 
Uh, who knows? But, you know, th- this is what's been going on. This is what I see. And it has not been an attractive place to me. I mean, I find more and more that uh, these folks who I think, you know, had what I want, I don't want. <laughs> I don't want it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want it. You know, uh, right. however, there's still, uh, there's still those select few that have hearts of gold and have treated me with nothing but love and respect that I miss, those individuals I do miss. And that's when I say I'm at the crossroads of, like, you know, you know, this position of, like, exiting, uh, you know, slowly, you know, so. Yeah, I I really thank you for calling in. I want to say, too, that I've had, um, you know, some of the women from my meeting contact me and call me, and I had a conversation with one today. It was so nice that there are people who really are, very, very kind and very good people who really are your friend. And those are right. the people that have reached out to me since I left and said they miss me. Right. And I say I miss you, but I don't miss um, I don't miss the meeting. And I saw somebody else at the Y the other day. I ran into a big smile and really nice. And I just said, she goes, oh, you know, I, it was just really good because I felt no judgment from her. It was uh, right. they knew why right. I left. A- anyway, I do, I do think we could still be friends with some of them who aren't, you know, dogmatic or, you know, uh, rhetoric-driven. You know, they actually speak yeah, to you about yeah. themselves. And, or, and, or um, judgmental, yeah. Right, right, the judgmental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, I wonder yeah. you, though, fear, or fearful that, fearful that, you know, they're going to catch, you know, catch a cold from you or something. It's like they're going to catch something from you, you know. Right, right. It's, it's very strange. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I mean... I am grateful. I am forever grateful for those people, though, that have helped touch my lives and you know, my life and affected me in a positive way. Like, you know, I am forever grateful. That's one thing I am definitely grateful for about the program. However, there's a lot of elements that need to be addressed. Thank God for you, for like you know whistleblowing on these things. That it's just been a long time. Uh, it's it's been a long time coming. This is long overdue. This is something that's been you know that has needed to happen a very long time ago. You know, Isn't that a song? Can you can you know that song that uh, they I think they sang it at Obama's uh, inauguration. In a long time come. <laughs> that was a great song. <laughs> it, 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 I think it sounds better coming from you. <laughs> I don't think so, but I I do want to. Uh, you know what? I want to say this, and you know, uh, people out there, you know, know Kevin is my husband. That you did so much work on yourself. Uh, it's the years that you know we've been together, and they really were therapy. You know, with the, your doctor, uh, your therapist, uh, incredible work that really had nothing to do with 12-step that uh, you really grew a lot, Kevin. And um, Thanks, Mom. Thank yeah, you. yeah. So uh, I'm going to say goodbye, and there's another caller on the line. I want to thank you so much for calling, Kevin. You're welcome. We'll, we'll... So take care. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Take care. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. Okay. Let's see if we can get this other caller on the line. Caller, you're live. Hello, caller. Oh, is, is it me? Hi there. It, hi, hi. Hi, you're live. Great. Uh, so, like, is this one of those like uh, psychic cover shows where, like, now if we if we pay a little extra, we we get to hear Kevin saying that? No, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's gone. But uh, it's gonna be that that would be unbelievable, wouldn't it? Yeah, we're just we're talking about why why I left AA, why you left AA, why would somebody leave AA? Can this I have this? Is, this is what? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, this is. Um, I think this is. First of all, I want to say this is. Uh, I, I received the cards that you've made up today in the mail about um, uh, making uh, AA safer. They're beautiful. Oh, um, good. You got them. Yeah. They're beautiful, though. Um, Thank you. And, and that Thank makes you. that makes such a difference. And um, I, I was thinking that. You know, it's funny. I don't think I ever joined. Like, I think that's how, one of the reasons mm-hmm. I kept going is because you didn't have to join. Right. Um, um, but, of course, uh, it, it, and uh, I was suspicious. There there were things that I was, I was suspicious about, I would have to say, right away, but that I had such a, what they called back then, a low bottom. I don't know if they're still using that, you know, particular lingo, but, like, we were right. still using stuff from the 30s, you know. Right, right. <laughs> Wet brains and stuff. This is, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, 
this is the 70s I'm talking about, and uh, I was very young, um, uh, 18, 17. Um, my sister, uh, 12, stepped me. Uh, our, our parents were fighting over who had to keep us, meaning they didn't want us. <laughs> they were, like, <laughs> fighting over that. We have a brother also. Uh, so, um, and I, I was really in uh drinking huge amounts of of alcohol um and uh in really bad shape and i had a, um i went to my first meeting in new york city uh i i i i just couldn't believe that that uh that people were 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 doing such nonsense but and i but i was so desperate uh, that I began to read that book, um, and and I began to. This is what I began to think about. I began to think about whether or not there really was such a thing as 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 a higher power. I started to just to think about that in the midst of my, you know, um, I used to go into bars and, uh, you know, like at the end of the night and drink what was left in the bottles. You know, this is this is. <laughs> So, so if, okay, so you didn't join. So, so I mean, what I'm I, saying I understand is that it saved my life, okay? It I, saved my right. life. It became my whole life. Right. Yet, yet I never joined. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason I kept going because But they got you anyway, some, didn't they? <laughs> yes. 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 But yes, they, they, yes mm-hmm. in, in a way, in a way they mm-hmm. did. But I also remember saying to myself, you know what, this was at the um, – not my first meeting, but the meeting that I ended up in Hawaii. But I, you see, I say I ended up in Hawaii. So there was something from that moment that was happening, what I believe to be a spiritual experience, a personal one, not something that you can read about um, that no one can convince me of otherwise. And from that moment, my life began to get better, and I ended up in Hawaii <laughs> um, uh, after being homeless at a time where we didn't even have that word that we used, um, and in, in this finally in, in what, what felt like a family to me, from people all over the world, um, all sort of, uh, be, be, sort of beach beach washed up, you know, and, and I think I was very fortunate in in getting that kind of early grassroots AA experience. I don't think there is that such a thing anymore. It doesn't oh yeah, it doesn't exist. And I feel very, very lucky. And um, what, what, why I quit, though, why I stopped going to meetings, was I started to observe some things that um, that seemed really. Um, uh, it was one they they mixed the uh, the treatment program thing, that, and plus there were some there were some things that happened to me um, that were very, very painful and personal that I don't want to share right now. Um, mm-hmm. I saw uh, sponsors. Um, interfere in other people's marriages, th- things yeah. like that. Uh, uh, too much, uh, too, too much. Uh, th- this is too much fun, and I was really still um, interested in a spiritual path, and and I, I was in, I was not finding it there anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I did what it said. And I went and I joined a religion. This religion, you had to make a commitment. So, it's, so, and I think that's why I'm still alive. Many of my friends died as in, uh, as a result of the kind of uh, shame um, mm-hmm. and, and horrible way that one is treated um, if they uh, drink or use drugs again. When that did not happen in the early days, because that's what we were there for. We were we were there, and we used to say we were there because we loved drinking and using drugs more than anything else. Mm-hmm. That's what we used to say because it was true. We we had had a spiritual experience. We were there because we wanted to be there. I felt right. so. I, I do think that's, that's the thing gone that's, now, though, and that right, that right. that and and so that need, like maybe that's what I would want to say. I'd want to say. You cannot call it that anymore. That is gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Right. Well, I I want to thank you for calling in. If one other caller calling in. I want to try to give as many people tonight. I kind of put it out there on the blogs that if everybody called in, we try to give everybody about five minutes to see if I could get ten or twelve callers on. But thank you, Sarah, for calling in. I'm glad you got the cards. And anybody, if you want these cards that I have that it says, is A not working for you, 
ready for empowered abstinence. Or I like your, you know, your feedback that you gave me. I might change it. I'm definitely going to add on the back, um, we're going to add Kenneth Anderson's Ham's Harm Reduction. But um, if anybody wants it, just you can get me at makeasafer at Gmail. And I want to say thank you, Sarah, and you can still listen on, but I'm going to take the next caller, okay? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Let me see. Um, I have another caller on the line. Hi, caller. Hi, it's Gunther. Hey, Gunther. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm having fun with this topic. <laughs> and uh, Hi, how I are you doing? Hey, huh? Well, you know, it's we so funny because it says there's no callers in the queue, right? And I was like, okay, then I got all my books, so I was always going to do some, you know, dissecting, debating the literature. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's really important that on this show we get people to call in. Yeah, because it's just I do testimony too. Testimony to to what's really going on. It's just not one or two people out here who believe this stuff. There's a ton of us out here. Right. So, would you like to? Even though I know you and you and I are friends, and I know a lot of how you feel, <laughs> there's going to be new people listening. So, can you tell us why you left AA? Well, <clears throat> the main reason I left is it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And um, I stayed in for quite a while. In, I was in and out of the program um, because they, I, I didn't hear any alternative opinions. All I heard was that it it works if you work it, and I thought I was working it to the best of my ability. And, you know, that desire, that physical craving and, and the issues that I was dealing with uh, as a consequence of, my drinking, they weren't going away, you know, and I didn't have the tools to figure out myself at the time um, how come I was unable to overcome it. And I was actually discouraged by AA members to try to figure out my own way, you know, because your way doesn't work in Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. Only their way works. And, um, I had a few really weird experiences. you want to hear them? Yeah, I would love to. Uh Okay, I'll try not to take up too much time. We need more callers tonight, don't we? Yeah, okay, Uh, I'll I'll give the number, 818-475-9211. I want to thank Kevin for calling in. Sarah called in. We have Gunther on the line right now. But there's nobody in the queue yet, so go ahead with the stories. We'll see how it goes. Well, first off, I had a a sponsor who, you know, and I was very unstable, um, really screwed up. My I was a very low bottom drunk, um, with lots of problems, mental health issues and uh mm-hmm. just all kinds of stuff going on. Well, I had been in and out of the hospital a couple times because every time I I'd get into a four step I'd I'd get all screwed up and, and I'd wind up in the hospital over it. You know? Right. Uh, there were a couple suicide attempts. Oh my goodness. I was a mess. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I had a sponsor who told me that, you know, there's there's no way I'd be able to plug in spiritually as long as I was on my medications. So he encouraged me to go off my medications, and I wound up in the hospital again. Mm-hmm. Then later on I saw him at a meeting, and, uh, you know, this at this time I was, I don't know, a couple months sober. Um, again, and trying trying to work things out. And he said, how are you doing, Todd? And I said, well, I'm doing okay. I'm trying to quit smoking. And uh, and at the time, I was dressing for church. I, what I was doing was I'd hit this AA meeting and then go directly to church after, so I had a suit on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he looked at me and said, Todd, you are one fucked up alcoholic. The next thing wow. you know, you'll try to quit jerking off. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my, yeah, exactly like you. That's Did disgusting. Did this person just say this to me, and why? Yes. That's the kind of abuse, abusive nonsense um, mm-hmm. that goes on with these, as as Kevin put it, these self-proclaimed spiritual gurus. And this guy was one of them. You know, he had his disciples, and he would come in and say the same things over and over, life second to none, and... Mm-hmm. Anyway, another strange experience I had was um, 
I was at this really strange meeting at Bellingham, Massachusetts. I've never seen another one like it. Mm-hmm. It was a mixed Al-Anon AA big book study, if you can imagine that. Well, wow. it, it was a pretty big meeting. It was about a hundred people, mm-hmm. and um, the way it would go is we'd read from the big book, and when people wanted to jump in, they'd raise their hand if they had a comment. Mm-hmm. So this guy raised his hand, and this is a little bit, um, well, I'm going to say it anyway. This guy raised his hand, and he stood up in the middle of the room and went on for several minutes about how he can't, couldn't stop thinking about having sex with his mother. Oh, my God. I mean, everybody in the room, our jaws dropped. Right. Um, and we were just like, you know, so I wanted to tell him that, this was AA, this was Alcoholics Anonymous, not Motherfuckers Anonymous. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the guts to do it. Nobody else did either. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just some of the weird experiences. But overall, I think it was just, it was like um, somebody put it today on one of the blogs. It was spiritual bullying. Yeah. You right. know, I just. Yes. I couldn't get it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I couldn't get what they have, what they say they have, and I honestly believe that I never got it because it doesn't exist. It took a while for me to figure that out, that um, that most of what they say isn't true. You just, what you do is you try to convince yourself by saying certain things over and over again that something is true, but... I don't believe it's true at all. I I agree, and I think it kind of lends on what Sarah was saying about the sort of, you know, the way things were in the 70s and what Kevin experienced when he was newer with the fellowship that was real, which were people that actually had some problem who came together with a common problem with a common solution, but it was really, the common solution was really one person helping another, and that is that in itself does help people. So people who are really genuine, who are not predators, who are not, you know, violent criminals coming to prey or scammers coming to prey, that that energy of those people actually really wanting something to happen makes something happen. And that is gone. That doesn't exist anymore at any, you know, it's a lot of posing and a lot of Pacific Group spin-off meetings. And, but I don't want to go rant on too long because now I have two people in the queue and I want to give them a chance. So I want to thank you, Gunther, for calling in. I'm going to put you on hold. How about that? I'll do All that. right. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Gunther, for calling in. Let's see who else we have. Hi, you're live on Blog Talk Radio. Hello, is this me? Yes, hi. Hello? Can you- Yes, is yes, this Kenneth? Yes, this is Kenneth Anderson from Ham's Harm Reduction. Hey, how you doing, Kenneth? I'm doing good. Um, my story is pretty simple. I mean, going to AA made me drink more than I ever had before in my life. <laughs> uh, I love it. But they told me that I was that I was powerless and that alcohol yeah. was more powerful than I was, and I think my subconscious just internalized that and. Um, I was so sick with withdrawal, I had to check into county detox to get the mm-hmm. detox so I didn't have a heart attack and die mm-hmm. of my withdrawal. And I was sitting wow. there in detox, and I said, you know, this is just wrong. You know, alcohol is not more powerful than me. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys have everything backwards, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to go anymore, and I'm not going to believe this anymore. <laughs> and that is when I started getting better. Wow. You know, I, I love uh, your show, uh, can you tell the, the listeners you have a show also, right? You have Thursday yes. night? Yes, Give we a have a show. It's called, Addic- it's called Addiction Treatments That Work. You can search for it on Blog Talk Radio. Just go in and to the search and search for Addiction Treatments That Work. Or the it's blogtalkradio.com slash harm-reduction. And we have lots of interesting people on there all the time. We're going to have next week someone talking about motivational interviewing. Wow, yeah, I um so I want to give the number. It's 818-475-9211. You know, on that subject that you were just talking about, uh Ken, 
is uh, like I, I think that with young people, I love the idea of harm reduction. So when you come, you know, people don't say, well, you're just going to, you know, it's jail institutions and death. So here you have a teenager who actually might be drinking daily and getting drunk all the time, and then you label them and say, oh, you're an alcoholic, and you're an alcoholic for life, and you need to stop, And I mean, which is so not true. And I was cleaning out my car, and I find this young people in AA like literature, and so I said, you know, actually we've been kind of tearing it up on the blog lately, and it says myths and truths about alcohol and AA. And I thought, you know, it's, it talks about that it's an illness, it's not a moral weakness, and it's like it compares it to heart disease and diabetes and cancer, and it can strike anyone. And I was always like reading this because, you know, you know that I was a teenager when I joined AA, right? Mm-hmm. And I was reading it with this new, like, brain of mine, I went, oh my God, it says alcoholism is a progressive illness, which means that if an alcoholic keeps drinking, the illness will always grow progressively worse. That's a very very problematic thing to tell people because we know from Mm -hmm. research that most people that uh, sow their wild oats in college or when they're young, when Mm -hmm. they get older and get a job, get married, they stop. Mm-hmm. They don't drink like crazy anymore. They either cut back or they quit drinking, and they, you know, they mm-hmm. get over it. That's the normal. That's the normal course of events. Right. So um, you have meetings, don't you, for harm reduction? Uh, we have a live meeting in Brooklyn, New York. We have online meetings every day uh, in our chat room, and we have an email group. Uh, if you go to hamsnetwork.org, you'll have links to all of these things. We actually have our live chat meeting going on right now, but uh, we have a lot of people uh, in the room right now, so I don't have to uh, take care of them personally because they're busy with each other. So I have a chance to call you and tell you. uh, The other thing that happened to me in AA was I was always being told, you know, if I would question things, I would say, you know, why do you do this first step? This is just weird. Or, you know, what is this about believing in God, you know? And, you know, what is this evidence? And people would always say, oh, you haven't drank enough yet. You need to go out and drink more, and when you suffer enough, you will come crawling back on your knees asking for our help. <laughs> and that just doesn't work, you know? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that um, especially you must get, you know, plenty of people. Well, even I know somebody um, who had a problem with pills because she was had back <laughs> surgery, and then she got hooked on the pills. And um, mm-hmm. then she went into a recovery, and then they're making her own like she's like this gnarly addict, you know, like, you know, oh, you have like this spiritual illness, you have this spiritual mm-hmm. problem. And she got hooked on the pills because she had back surgery, you know? I mean, there's a lot of, there's that too, you know? There's a whole demographic that's just not going to buy or drink the Kool-Aid, Uh well, I know definitely uh, when I first went to AA, I did not expect the people there to be telling me, you need to drink more. But this is what I was told. Mm-hmm. And I was told it's because your your uh, belief in your beliefs in God are not correct. Your theology is not correct. That means you have to drink more and suffer more. And th- th- I didn't ever expect it to be, you know, told, told drink more. Are you but doing any work... I know. I, th- I think it's really hitting us in having, like, two teenage sons where, um, you know, they grew up. Well, I don't want to go into that, but I want to say, do you have any program for teens with harm reduction? I really think this is the way to go instead of always telling them about abstinence. Yes, we have our site, collegedrinking.org. Uh, it has a lot of good information on there. We also have an email group for that, but it's not active currently. But yeah. there's a lot of good information uh, on that site. There's, there's a college student's guide to safe drinking, mm-hmm. and it's a rational approach. It says, you know, the most important thing is to be safe, you right. know, because right. you know, we realize sometimes, you know, you guys are going to get wasted in college, you know. It's unrealistic right. to think no one in college will ever get intoxicated. So yeah. first think about being safe and, you know, plan your transportation so you don't have to drive, carry condoms, because if you're going to have sex with somebody, you know, uh, that you just picked up, you're not going to want to run out to the drugstore to buy condoms, especially if you're drunk. Right, so, you know, right. practical tips. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, That's just, very good. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in. And uh, we have another caller on the line, so I'm going to take it. But thanks, Kenneth. So that's Kenneth Anderson from HAMS Harm Reduction. 
take a look at his show. I listened last week. I thought it was fabulous. I listened to that guy who talked about um, the psych meds and uh, oh, like now I can't remember the name of uh, his book, but it was Charlie. It was a great show. Do you remember his name? The guy you had on last week? Oh, yeah, it's Robert Whitaker. The book is Anatomy of an Epidemic. That's right, Robert Whitaker. I just called him because I'm going to have him on the show in September, but I just had like a total senior moment in my brain here. (laughs) Okay, Kenneth, thanks for calling in, and I'm going to take another caller. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Let me see it. Hello, you're live. So somebody dropped out. Okay, so you were there, but they they hung up. Um, Sorry to keep you waiting. 818-475-9211. 818-475-9211. So hey out there, everybody. Thanks for joining me on Blog Talk Radio. Feel free to call in. Um, you know, some of the stuff that we've been working on the blog so we could talk about why did you leave AA or why would you want to leave? And here's um, the number I'm going to give out if you want to speak to me, Monica, the host, is 818-475-9211. So one of the reasons why would I would want to leave is You know, after so many years, um, this has happened in the end for me, and I'm going to talk about this until someone else calls in, is that when I realized that I couldn't change what was going on from the inside, that I couldn't, and I, you know, there are 65-plus meetings that are using to make a safer literature out there, but when I realized that I couldn't really make any changes, I realized I didn't want to listen to the literature anymore. So even if I liked the women in the group, like if if they didn't read any of the literature, I said to myself, would I go and sit in the room and, you know, with this kind of dynamic that has become in Alcoholics Anonymous, where at least in Los Angeles, where someone chairs for like 10, 15 minutes and then, you know, people get to speak for three minutes. Okay, this kind of, you know, and there were 10 people speak that night for three minutes. But what really tore me up is this, and that's called Chapter 5. And this is why, and, you know, it's funny, Gunther and I did a show together when Gunther had his show where, uh, no, maybe it was one of my first shows where, you know, we just talked about this particular chapter. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. And so Gunther said, rarely have we seen a person thoroughly follow our path. And that's really the truth. And so line by line, we went through it. And those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this program. Well, that's not true. So it's saying that if you, you know, people who don't give themselves, turn themselves over like this is some kind of religious, um, you know, I don't know, like a religious movement, then you can't make it. And so then it goes on to tell you that you're men and women who are incapable, constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves so that at some level that you are really, really fucked up, okay? And <laughs> I'm actually, I can remember my sister and I, some of this stuff, thinking, oh, man, like we're really screwed. You know what I mean? There are such unfortunates. Oh, they're not at fault. Oh, we're, so now we're born that way. So now it's saying that, you know, we are, uh, you know, this maybe didn't happen, or like Kenneth, we were talking about that. You know, um, you know, you could just do some drinking at college and get carried away, and then drink less and less and less. And uh, which is, you know, just the way that they're stating it here. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. And you know, truthfully, from what I saw in the last two, three years, as I, especially the last two began to really work on this and still be in the program, it was disgusting to see about the level of lying and dishonesty that is going on in Alcoholics Anonymous to cover up predatory behavior, to cover up rapes, to cover up sexual harassment. We have people calling me from all over the country. I went to Phoenix to help a woman 
who was being, you know, uh, sexually harassed inside a meeting. I know women who were sexually harassed in meetings at the Marina Center in Los Angeles. So uh, anyway, um, that made me go, why, why would I want to come here? What has AA ever been honest about? Mike Blame Denial says on the, in the chat room. Um, yeah, you know, I I think I uh, honest about what? Like, oh, here's the other thing too. That now that you said that, Mike, the part about um, in the young people's pamphlet when I was reading it, I thought to myself, who are they to say anything about, um, you know, what is real with alcoholism they've never done any studies so uh let me see somebody else call-in number is 818-475-9211 pickle jerkin says i'm going to read some of the chat stuff the only single thing that they say that makes any sense is a way that they disparage on other approaches you know i think that's true um uh, let's see. They suffer. There are those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. So once again, they go on and on about this honesty thing. Um, let's see. Pick up, apart from that, everything that they say is the opposite of the truth. A lies. I'm just going to read from the chat because there's some really good things being said. A lies about its religiosity, its methods, and its outcomes. This is really, really true. And I could not put 16 months of sobriety together as I have now in 30 years until I left AA. Oh, wow, wow. Okay, so Sue is saying this, that she put 16 months of sobriety together after 30 years uh, in the program. (laughs) Wow, okay. Somebody you're going to call in? 310, no, wait, it was 818 475 9211. The other thing that we, we, we talked about was that in the end, after the 12 steps, it says no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. Um, you know what, I have a feeling that my phone is, someone is going to call in. There's so many people out there that I know have stories to tell of why they left. 818-475-9211. 818-475-9211. I am going to bring, oh, here's somebody calling in. Let's see what they're going to say. Hi there, caller. Hi, Monica. It's Steven. Hey, Steven. Monica, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can Um, you hear me? You know what? I actually think that my phone is dying on me, and I needed to grab my other phone. Um, Oh. Hello? That's much better. Whoa. Yeah. So my phone was dying, so I just grabbed the other phone. So you want to talk about what? Did you ever go to AA? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll try to make it brief. Um, Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you had me all last week. Oh, um, that's okay. Go ahead. Tell us why why A didn't work for you. No, I don't. There was nothing there for me. I mean, I I originally started AA by going to a place called High Watch Farm, um, which is it, it's in northern Connecticut, and um, there was like seven 12-step meetings a day there at this first rehab that I went to. And it was founded by Bill Wilson, apparently, or he got involved with these nuns and started it, or however it happened, however it came to be. And uh, they had a chapel there, and, you know, they thought it was a real spiritual holy place and everything. And... um, (laughs) But uh, I, I, there was just nothing there for me, you know, and all I got out of it was go to meetings, you know. Mm-hmm. I was picked on heavily for being an atheist, um, and, uh, you know, I, tr- I, 
I made some effort. Like I bought like the book, the big book, and these daily meditation books that they wanted me to do. And you know, mm-hmm. I kind of tried. And I met up with some people from there um, and went to NA and AA meetings afterwards. And um, but I didn't get anything out of it other than just go to meetings. And eventually, it ended up with me going to meetings high, you know, <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. somebody was saying, um, I think it was Ken, uh, I, Gunther probably said the same thing too, like, that it made them drink more, um, and I know, this is my thing, I was, um, I was using heroin, and I was using, I was using heroin nasally, I was just snorting it. Mm-hmm. for about three years on and off before I went there. Mm-hmm. And I was told constantly that I'm going to end up sticking a needle in my arm. Mm-hmm. And um, and and after I went to High Watch and started doing AA and NA, I started sticking a needle in my arm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I did that for a few years and, and on and off, and, and I kind of knew I didn't want it. And and so there was no love loss with leaving AA. Um, yeah. But um, the interesting thing I wanted to say is I went to another support group, which was um, when I did uh, when I went to first went to St. Jude's. They had their own set of meetings, and they called mm-hmm. it the fellowship. And it was supposed to be, you know, it was, it was some different ideas, but it was a lot of very much the 12-step stuff, and I did that. They had told me, do our meetings for a year, and they were all over the upstate New York in the, like, capital region, um, mm-hmm. and they had, you know, a lot of people went to all these different meetings, and um, I was forced out, basically, because St. Jude's at a certain point said, we're dissolving anything we have to do with these meetings, and mm-hmm. this is stupid, and... Um, <laughs> They said, you don't need to go to these meetings. I, I was enjoying the meetings, you know. Yeah. But they yeah. were like, you don't need to go to these. You would have done fine on your own because mm-hmm. you were committed to changing. Um, so we're done with it. If you guys want to keep the meetings going, go ahead, you know, but we're not going to be involved. We're not going to send new people to them, anything. Mm-hmm. And wow. so it dissolved pretty quickly. Um, right, and right. So, you know, I the meetings that I did enjoy were taken away, and, you know, I didn't fall apart. You know, I didn't relapse or anything, you know, so. Um, it's so interesting. I think that yeah. you was smart, um, and I don't really need to go, but I, I went recently to bring somebody, and then she didn't show up. But um, they believe, too, you know, that when you, you shouldn't need them after a while and just go live your life and, I do think that it's such a more healthy way to, you know, to treat it, and I feel better since I left. I just feel so much better, and um, we have another caller in the line. Ooh, oh, good. Caller. Switch to him. It was nice talking to you, Monica. It was really nice talking to you, Stephen. We'll have you on again. Thanks for calling All in. All right. Okay. Yep. Bye. All right, bye. Hi, caller. You're on the line. Hello. You're live. Monica? Yes, hi. It's Wendy. Hi. Hi, Wendy. How you doing? You're live. I'm doing well. I didn't realize I was live. I was just listening in to your story. Oh, uh, you wanted you wanted just uh we're talking about why I why I laughed and why people laughed and why would somebody leave? But you want to just listen? Or you want to yeah, say something cuz you certainly helped me a lot. Not with leave. Oh, well, I guess <laughs> I'll just hang hang out and listen. Thanks. Okay. Thanks so much, Wendy. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye, Wendy. So that's Wendy McCord. Um, She has her own website, uh, wendymccord.com. She is an author of a children's book, and she also is my therapist and uh, helped me do a lot of great work that I did a lot of healing when I realized that um, all I was doing was surviving in AA with 15 years of sobriety when I met Wendy over 21 years ago. And actually, I do call her again a lot as I'm doing my, uh, well, I've left, but as I'm making this documentary, I want to 
Uh, we have 10 minutes left, and so we could still have a couple more callers, I hope. 818 
Um, I lasted two years and two months, um, and I was 13-stepped immediately by most of the, the guys in the room. There were about 15 of them or so. And um, I was, I used to walk back and forth. I lived about half a mile from my home, so I integrated that into my, my exercise routine. And right. one day um, after leaving, um, a guy jumped me, uh, restrained me, and started licking and kissing me. Oh, my God. Um, I know. Um, and I went for help. I talked to the people there, and I got responses like, um, oh, he likes you so much. Or, um, oh, play nicely in the sandbox. Uh, my sponsor told me it wasn't against the law, just leave it alone, and she wasn't going to talk about it again. I uh, mm-hmm. got a lot of flack. He tried it again. Um, that time I had a witness. I was walking with someone else when he jumped me from behind, and um, I actually defended myself and knocked him to the ground, which surprised all of us. <laughs> it's amazing what adrenaline can do, you know? Yeah, come um, through Carolyn. <laughs> again i i went to the group and no help actually they defended him they took his side and he would take pot shots at me during share time um and then i would interrupt and they would yell at me and say no cross talk uh it, it it escalated um a doctor um 13 stepped me he came up to me i didn't know who he was grabbed me by both sides of the face with his hands laid a big kiss on my lips and i looked at him and i said and your name is who right. and he told me and then the next day he did the same thing and well gosh he's a doctor i'm newly sober I'm a worthless piece of doo-doo, and he wants me. Wow, how, how how flattering. So I started dating him, and we did date until he remembered he was married and had three kids. Wow. And Yeah. Um, I have been um, jumped more than, than that and grabbed and groped, and I... I talked to everybody I possibly could. Um, the doctor one day took me in his vehicle to um, a Starbucks parking lot and threatened me and said that if I keep talking about this, I was going to be on the outside looking in. And it was pouring rain, and he kicked me out of his, his cruiser, and I had to walk home. Um, <sighs> you know, it, it there has been just countless and countless and countless times, and I have gone to um, lawyers within the meeting, and they set people up in the room to watch out for me. Um, th- these people are predators. I, I, when I said that the attorney, this is a different meeting. I left that first meeting that I just spoke about um, with the doctor and those other guys um, and went to this new one, and it started up all over again, and it was a bigger meeting, a lot more um, predators in there, and I thought I was going to be safe because it was held at a church, mm-hmm. and that couldn't have been farther from the truth. Um, I could not get help. Um, I went to the committee. I w- was asked, well, I, I had a proxy because I knew it was going to be a witch hunt, and they right. asked me... Um, you know, what I looked like, what I was wearing, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, it makes a difference. You know, I was assaulted, you know, do something about it and no. And then I got, you know, it's a long story, but I got information from you, your pamphlets and um, posters and everything, and I brought it to them, had another meeting with two new secretaries. They did absolutely nothing with them. It it didn't change. You went to the meeting with me. The guy that jumped me was sitting in the room. I asked him to be removed. They wouldn't do it, so I was the one that left. Yeah, Um, folks, I went out there. I drove out and met Merritt. We have 60 seconds left to the show. Um, I want to thank you, uh, Carolyn, for calling in and everybody else who called in. Um, Maybe we can do another one where we plan it. I'm going to take a break um, for two weeks. I'm going to come back and have um, Dee Dee Stout on and – but, uh, yeah, it's really, really bad what happened. I think we should probably do another show, Carolyn, where you can kind of really talk about it and a few other people who've been really doing this activist work, don't you think? 
Yeah, and by then I will have this problem thing that I told you about. It should be at least in the works or settled, but it's big. So Yeah, so um, I actually don't have, I think we have like five or ten seconds left, so I want to yeah. say good night. Thank you for calling in, at least getting in. We got in like five, six minutes of your story. <laughs> and thank you so much, everybody. You can find me at makeasafer at gmail.com for any of the literature that you want. And uh, just know that we're empowered. We're not powerless. Good night. Thank you, everybody. Bye, Carolyn. Hi. Bye-bye. Are you saying bye? Yeah, I'm sorry. Bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye, hon. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, everybody.